Sipping on some rock tusks, 8 o'clock. In my Gucci coat tusks, 8 o'clock. This is... Eyes Up Fantasy. What's going on, Bay Area? It's your boy, the real Jorge. And today we're going to bring some exciting content. Starting off with the Niners Seahawks last Sunday. That was a tough loss. And then we're going to talk about Russell Wilson, possible NFL MVP. And then we're going to give you a little sneak peek to Thursday night football, which is going to be Niners versus Packers. And to close it off, we're going to give you a little tips on the waiver wire. Now introducing my co-host. How's it going? Talk to me, Bay Area. Welcome back to another episode of I Sell Fantasy. It's your favorite doctor, Dr. Mario. Step into the office. Come get the prescription. Hey, what up, you guys? It's your boy, JJ, the professor. Hope you guys are ready to learn. Yo, what's going on? This is your boy, Rick Rock. You know, we here. We live. And, man, we, yes, we definitely got a, a lot to talk about today. Yeah, so let's just dive into it. Last Sunday, the Niners lost to the Seattle Seahawks in a very important divisional game, 37-27. to 27. Not only did we lose, but we also lost some key players with Jimmy Garoppolo going out in the game with an ankle injury. Also, George Kittle done for the season with a slight fracture in his foot. Man, and what are you guys' thoughts after this tough, tough divisional loss? I'd be happy to go out first, guys. I, for one, expected the loss. However, I was expecting more of a fight as well from the 49ers. As I told you guys before, my prediction was that the Niners win the last seat, the last encounter they have, which is Week 17. But for now, let's focus on this past Sunday as the Niners got bulldozed by the Seattle Seahawks. However, Nick Mullins, out of the sky, came back again and tried his best to lead us back to victory or put a, keep us in the game. However, he felt a little bit short due to him playing with threes and fours, which isn't his fault, you know. He's not giving the number one supporting cast out there either, which leads to Jimmy struggling as well. However, I feel like we're asking the wrong question, gentlemen. Do you feel like Jimmy Garoppolo ever really fully recovered from his ankle injury? And if so, is caution hand wrong for putting him back in? Also, whose call was it? Was it Jimmy's or the organization's, or was it a little bit of both? I feel like he was never fully 100%. He was trying to do the right thing by being out there for his team, which I completely agree. I completely support. But at the end of the day, you're not healthy enough. I say I blame both of them. I blame Kyle. We all know Kyle must have known he wasn't 100%. Because you saw it with one hit, even though it was a kind of a, a bad hit because you can kind of see his ankle and his whole leg kind of twist. So as soon as I saw that too, I saw I, I was like, oh, he's going to be out. You know, and like you said, I expected a loss against Seattle because Seattle, Seattle's on fire right now. We have, what, about 16 starters out? I don't know if that's an NFL record or not because I've never heard of anything like this, man. Like Jorge said last time, there's someone out there with a voodoo doll, man, but he wasn't healthy. I feel like they re they went away from the running game, and it was a tough loss, man. I just hope we can bounce back and uh, give Green Bay a whooping like we did last season. To me, as a fan, you know, a person that's a diehard 49ers fan, I just feel like the 49ers got desperate. Once they lost those two games to the Eagles and the Dolphins, it was they were on panic mode. You know, they were expected to be contender this year. And then we had the Nick Bosa injury. Yeah, we won those two games against the nobodies, really, the Giants and the Jets. But I just feel like, yeah, someone, someone made a call and – could have been Jimmy G, 
who wanted to play, but um, there's actually some rumors right now that there's a little turmoil when it comes to that. So I I don't I don't understand that part. Why? Yeah, I man, he he just a high ankle injuries is four to six weeks, I believe, and you know they just got desperate and they rushed him back and look what happened. He just did never look comfortable in the Seattle game. He looked okay the game before. But, nah, man, it's just bad juju out there from the 49ers this year. Yeah, man, horrible. But on the flip side, as I mentioned, Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, quarterback, is leading the league currently with 26 passing touchdowns after last Sunday's spectacular performance, throwing for four touchdowns. What are you guys' thoughts on Russell Wilson being the front-line player for MVP this year? I think it's long overdue. Russell Wilson has played lights out since forever. I used to call him the guy who does the most with the least because a few years back, he had an offensive line. A little further back, he had okay weapons, but never like weapons per se. However, DK Metcalf is turning into quite a nice receiver. He's like some people call him Megatron 2.0. Big body receiver, fast, can catch it. He'll go up and jump and grab it if you, you know, lob it. DK Metcalf is everything you want in a big body receiver. Russell Wilson definitely deserves to be in the MVP conversation, in my opinion. It's long overdue. Logan says, let Russ cook. Patrick Mahomes, though. Mahomes is good, but when you factor in the offense that Russell Wilson has around him versus the offense that Patrick Mahomes has around him, you know, Mahomes has a slight edge because he has arguably the number one tight end in the league. He has a top three wide receiver in his end. He just added Le'Veon Bell, who the past few years was a top 10 running back, right? And you have the rookie Clyde Edwards-Elair, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman. That's a lot of weapons, you know? Versus Russell has a 30-something-year-old Greg Olson who's breaking down. There's no tread left on those tires, my guy. DK Metcalf That's is coming in nice, though. Yeah, don't forget but, don't, don't forget about he has one of the most creative coaches of all time, Andy yeah, Reid. The same argument could be made about Aaron Rodgers, who has thrown for 20 touchdowns and two interceptions this season as well. Yes, I have him in fantasy football. Aaron Rodgers is playing lights out as well. However, I just think Russell is a more complete package. Like, yes, Aaron can run when need be, but Russell can – I never fear for Russell, or when Russell does do a bad play, it's like rarely ever. And this is from a diehard 49ers fan. It hurts to say, but Russell, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the league right now. Mahomes will be the best one, but maybe like next year and a few years from now. But as of right now, Russell Wilson, hands down, to in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the league, fantasy-wise, too. JJ, do you agree or disagree with the doctor? Uh, I'm going to have to take this prescription. I completely agree. Um Russell Wilson, I hate to say it, will be the MVP, I think, this year. It's way overdue, and he deserves it, and he will win it. Mark my words, we all know he's going to win this. I honestly regret the Niners, you know, not drafting him. I, But then again, I don't really know what his fate would have been with us, you know, because Pete Carroll is, uh, is, is a genius. He's a mastermind. Going to be one of those Hall of Fame coaches, you know. I think you're right. You hit it right on the – uh, the nail on the head, Mario. I don't think it's a fact. It's a known fact to every football fan out there. Yes, we know Patrick Mahomes got robbed last year. Blah, blah, blah. He got injured. He was in the Madden cover. Uh, Lamar Jackson won it. He's in the Madden cover. Blah, blah, blah. This year. You can't dis Mahomes. He has a 21 touchdown to one interception. No, no, I'm not dissing on him. I'm just saying he already got a Super Bowl. So, hey, he's still young. Look what happened to Russell Wilson. He had to wait for that MVP. So, look, now it's Russell's time. I'm sorry. Just bad juju. It's like Drew Brees. Drew Brees has never won the MVP. Guess what? 
Now he's 41 or 42 years old. He looks washed as hell as Mario. He drafted him. And it's just downhill from there. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the what 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 the numbers are really about Russell Wilson, but Dr. Mario, JJ, hey, I completely agree with you guys. I hate the Seahawks. I hate the Chiefs. Y'all know what I feel about that. But yes, guys, he should uh, win the MVP. Gentlemen, also wanted to add after San Francisco he faces Buffalo, which should be interesting. The LA Rams divisional, Arizona should be interesting. But that's when it get it gets more interesting. The last few weeks he has the Philadelphia Eagles the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Washington football team, and then the Rams again. Dude, Russell's going to go off on all those games, dude. Yeah, MVP, hands down. We shall see because I still think the NFL MVP talk is still close with Mahomes. As I mentioned, thrown for 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns to one interception. And Tom Brady, man, he's actually on fire again. And not to mention – Antonio Brown will be starting this week, which will be mm. the reunion that they had in New England. Unfortunately, it only lasted for one week due to AB's off-field craziness, but it is what it is. All right, guys, let's move on topics. And now we're looking into Thursday night, which is two days away now. And there's a couple of players that are already being announced out, such as Tevin Coleman. So what do you guys think for this Niners Packers at home? Do you guys think Mullins could beat A-Rod? I think it's doable. One of the weaknesses for the for the Packers, and they were exposed this past Sunday, Dalvin Cook went off. Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings, they went into that game, and they just play power football. And guess what the 49ers still have? They're smash mouth, run it into your gut all day, every day, especially since we don't have Kittle, especially since we don't have Jimmy G. Hey. That boy, Hasty, is nasty. But now, from the other end of the Green Bay Packers, hey, we still have a chance. Look at this. The only reliable weapon that they're going to come with on Thursday is Devontae Adams. Okay, because Aaron Jones, he's out. Jamal Williams, he's out. And they're going to they actually, uh, A.J. Dillon, he was just put in a COVID. Uh, yeah, the rookie. Yeah, the rookie. He just got put in a COVID list. And that's sad, man. That's that's just insane how, you know, COVID still around. We're the, I don't want to talk about that anymore, but I think the 49ers have a chance. Kyle Shanahan, a lot of things that are coming at his, uh, uh, on his plate right now as far as the play calling. But I think it's a very winnable game, prime time. Hey, we got, who do you, what did you call? Brandon Air Ayuk. He's, he's the truth. Like I've been saying all season, even since training camp, I've been saying that Hasty man, he looks like Devonta Freeman 2.0 with a little bit of Marshawn Lynch in him. It's I like Ross Dwelly too, man. I think he's gonna pick it up for George Kittle. There you go, there you go. I mean, we have we have a winnable chance. I mean, everybody's sleeping on Mullins, but let's just let's just wait and see. Yeah, as you guys said, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I agree. We should stick to running the ball more. Plus, we are a run, uh, ground and pound football team. That's what we should stick to. We also have a terrific complementary of backs to uh, go along with our great running game. Unfortunately, mo- most of our most of our running backs are out. However, as my colleague Ricardo mentioned, Jamichael Hasty, that boy is nasty and can play. Run him, use him. Him and McKinnon should be a nice one-two punch and should allow Nick Mullins to step up 
and manage the game to victory. I also want to address this. Nick Mullins gets so much unnecessary hate for no reason. Like, first and foremost, Nick Mullins does his job as a backup. He's a backup quarterback. He does what he's supposed to do. When Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, he steps up, gives your asses a ton of fucking hope and joy by coming back, pulling off some unbelievable shit with threes and fours, shit that Jimmy Garoppolo could not do, unfortunately, and he still gets, like, shitted on for losing the game. And that's not even right. Guilty as conscious over here. I mean, I was bashing him last two weeks when he choked. Same here. Uh, I, I was praising him all season. Like, I did not diss him, but he did disappoint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Mario, you're right. I trust Kyle Shanahan. I know he's going to pull up uh, the perfect scheme against them. As you saw last season, how we handled them in the regular season and in the playoffs. I feel like we got Green Bay's number in this. But, you know, both of us coming off a loss, it's going to be an interesting game. I trust Hasty more than I can trust McKinnon right now because where the hell were you last game? And Dwelly, I feel like he's going to outshine Jordan Reed whenever he comes back. Dwelly's going to be our, uh, our our backup tight end going forward. So, actually, Kittle is out for eight weeks. So, if all goes well, he could be back by week 17 against none other than Seattle at home. The revenge tour might still happen. So if we get close for the next couple of games, I'll take a wild card spot, especially if the Rams losing against Miami. We still have a chance in our division, baby. So, but uh, all in all, yeah, uh, Niners got this, man. We're going to make some grated cheese, some Swiss cheese, some macaroni and cheese this, this Thursday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just want to point out another another thing that I want to point out about the 49ers. They actually made some moves the last couple of days to trade to Kwan Alexander for Kiko Alonso. Uh, that was actually a pretty smart move for the 49ers. They actually got rid of the contract that they gave Kwan Alexander when they signed him, when he was a free agent two years ago. And that's a smart move uh, because we need, we're, we're going to need to sign Fred Warner. We're going to need to sign Nick Bosa next. And we're going to need to sign uh, Debo Samuel or Trent Williams, too. So we're dumping off all this money. And I think the next one that's going to be dumped is, I hate to say it, but we're going to talk about this in another segment. Jimmy G. Let's just say it. Jimmy G. Oh, I was going a different way. Nah, Jimmy G's contract is going to be gone sooner than later. He has a $25 million contract for this coming season and the the salary cap for next coming year and the year after that is decreasing $30 million. So, and then a low move, Dante, that is bye-bye. El Gato is finally fucking gone. God damn it. Took him long enough to get rid of that guy. And I just want to mention that you guys are leaving a big Key. Yeah, I, I wanted to add and just say that uh, my prediction is actually that like Aaron Rodgers slightly outplays backup quarterback Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins tries his best to lead us to victory, but he just falls, unfortunately, a little bit short. Rodgers is playing light, lights out uh, this year also, as we mentioned earlier. And, I, and this game is personal for Rodgers. This team passed on him. Rodgers has his game circled in his calendar. And if you have not fantasy, plan on starting him. And to counteract what Dr. Mario just said, Keep those meds in your mouth. I just wanted to mention that the Niners' defense is the biggest key asset in this game. And as Rick just mentioned, Quan Alexander gone. This is Dre Greenlaw's time to shine, as I believe he would rise to the occasion because he has already been a really solid rookie last season. 
and coming off on his sophomore year after learning another year what Alexander and Fred Warner had taught him, I believe Greenlaw is going to be a very complimentary linebacker to Warner's game. And also the the cornerbacks, they're starting to get some chemistry going amongst each other. And I like what Harris is doing. That guy's all over the field. He's flying left and right and getting all the tackles he sees coming his way. So I believe the Niners defense will be able to slow down Aaron Rodgers enough for Mullins to pull through a win. Niners, four and four. Let's go, baby. So if you have the San Francisco defense, you're going to start on this Sunday fantasy? I mean, this Thursday fantasy? Yes, they're going to bounce back. They're going to bounce back. All right, for sure. Peter first from the real Jorge. Now, let's finish off things with your final predictions, your final score for this game. What do you guys think, and who do you think the MVP of the game is? My take, I believe the Niners are going to dominate in this game. They have to bounce back to continue the revenge tour. I am a Niner faithful, and I refuse to give up hope in this season. I am not tanking, and I hope we make the playoffs this year. So with that said, 28. 24 Niners win. And the MVP in this one is going to be the Niners running game. As Rick and all my colleagues mentioned, Hasty is going to have a big day. Let's go. My prediction, man, it's going to, like, just like Jorge said, it's going to be the running game. We're going to dominate them there. You saw what Minnesota did to them this week, or last week, I should say. And I feel like the Niners running game is much better than Minnesota. Even though we don't have a monster like Dalvin Cook, I feel like our running game is much better. The scheme and everything. So my prediction for the score, it will be a close game. It's going to be 21-24. We win it by a field goal, but Niners on top, baby. My prediction is a close game, like you guys said. I have mine out to be actually 24-21 with a Green Bay, as I mentioned earlier, slightly outplaying the 49ers. It being a short week and the Niners being riddled with injuries, they have very little time to game plan. If they were smart, they would study the Minnesota game and just emulate what Dobbin Cook did to the Green Bay Packers, which I'm like, oh, hey, see. We'll see how it goes, but my my prediction is Green Bay ups, uh, pulling off the upset. For me, it's going to be a close game, 24-29ers. Welcome back, ladies and gents, with your boy, the real Jorge, as your host this week for Week nine, we're going to talk some waiver wire pickups. I know we're a little late on this one, so we're going to switch it up a little bit and throw some rapid fire questions to my colleagues. I'm going to start off with Rick and catch him off guard. I'm going to throw who would you rather pick up between Damian Harris if you're hungry for a running back or Naheem Hines for the Indianapolis Colts. Can I use one of my lifelines? Nah, I mean, it's week nine, man. There's not much many players available and they're the two hottest running backs right now no none of them <laughs> um if i was to lean it's all about the touches for me um i'll have to go with harris himes is more of a of a jason white type of player he's only gonna see those touches on passing downs that's why he had a big game this past week but that's just me i'm um, demian harris there's a lot of talk from new england right now that he actually looks a lot better than sonny michelle he actually fights for yards Fresh legs, young, hungry. I mean, that that's the, size Burkhead, that's the only reliable, pure running back that they have. And that's why they drafted Harris, I believe, in the third round of the draft a few years ago. So Bill Belichick's always going to put his all in when it comes to the players that he actually drafted. So Demi Harris all the way got it from 
Uncle Rick, Rick Rock, go ahead and go get yourself some Damon Harris. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. And I'm going to switch it up a little bit. There's a lot of tight ends that are not performing this season as it goes for every season. And JJ, what do you think between Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly for the Niners? Who do you think is going to pick up that huge void that George Kittle just created? I expected this to be a little bit harder, bro. Come on, man. Ross Dwelly. He is he is going to be well, nowhere near George Kittle, but I just feel like Jordan Reed is too injury prone. Yes, he has He's very, very talented. I'm not taking nothing away from Jordan Reed, but I'll take Dwelly. I feel like he's a, a hidden gem that the Niners have, and he's going to outperform. I hope we get uh, Kittle back, but I'll, I'll be fine with Dwelly. I actually picked him up in a few leagues because he's going to be game a bulk of the carries or of the uh, receptions, I should say. But, yeah, man, I'm like, it, Dwelly, without a doubt, man. No disrespect to Jordan Reed and not taking anything away from him and his game, his skills, and everything he's done. But too injury prone for me, man. I mean, I think Jordan Reed still has a little bit left in his tank. It could still be a little close competition, but we'll see. If concussions. J- we'll see if the professor JJ's right, as he knows he does his homework. To close it off, let me give those needy wide receiver fantasy owners who might have a lot of their wide receivers on buys or they're not performing. I need some advice from the doctor. What is the remedy for the wide receiver between Curtis Samuel or Emmanuel Sanders? The doc would definitely go with Curtis Samuel over Emmanuel Sanders. Reason why is because though Emmanuel Sanders is a rostered in more percent in more leagues at 55 versus Curtis Samuel being 20, Curtis is available to you. Also, Curtis Samuel, I believe, has more fantasy football points than Emmanuel Sanders. More importantly, he gets targeted more. He's on the field more. Emmanuel Sanders is still on the COVID-19 list. And even then, when he's not, he's, he's at, uh, I believe, injuries here and there. Nick and Nacks all throughout the season. So the best bank for your buck, in my opinion, Curtis Samuel all the way. No question about it. Not to mention, the Panthers are also starting to use that type of a wildcat formation. And they did this thing where they throw the ball to Curtis Samuel. Use him as a running back at times, which has been working out pretty good, you know. So, yeah, I would say Curtis Samuel all the way. He's younger, too, fresh for legs. Man, Hunters is cool, but. That's definitely some good medication you just handed to all of our loyal listeners. Puff, puff, pass. But he's over-prescribing it. No, but, no, but on honorable mention, I feel like on the waiver wires, four wide receivers, you guys, he's only rostered like in about 45% of leagues. Don't say Tim Patrick again. Nope. Corey Davis from Tennessee. There was two weeks he had off because he was on the COVID list. But other than that, he's had about a minimum of 10 receptions per game. And PPRs, because I have him in a PPR league, he's making 17, 12, 11, 15, 26 points last week. At least he is consistent with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. I'm just saying he's an honorable mention. If If you're in a deep, deep league, you know, it wouldn't hurt to pick him up. How about you, Rick or Doctor? Do you guys have any last free game? Any bonus features? My honorable mention of the week is Eric Ebron for those fantasy football owners like myself who lost George Kittle this past week. Eric Ebron from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eric Ebron had 10 catches on 13 targets over his past two games for the Steelers. And in week nine, he gets a Cowboy defense that's allowed 45.3 points 
excuse me, yards per game to tight ends. The 10th highest total in the league. If I'm a betting man, I say Ebron goes for six receiving yards, a touchdown, and catches not us with 14.5 points. You heard it here first from the doc. Mine is none other than Darnell Mooney. None of you guys have heard of this guy. Rookie wide receiver from the Chicago Bears. He's been lights out. He was, I believe, a six-round pick for the Chicago Bears out of Baylor or Tulane. I think it was Baylor. Monster. Monster wide receiver. He actually looks the par a la Allen Robinson. So they have two Allen Robinsons on that team. Um, He's been very consistent. And if it wasn't for the fact that they have a horrible QB mess carousel over there in Chicago and the damn head coach who's not doing anything at all to help that online at all, uh, Darlin Money would actually be in the conversation with C.D. Lamb, Higgins, and Claypool. Keep an eye out for Mooney. And for those running backs, I got Gus Edwards. He's healthy once again this week. And if Mark Ingram is a no-go on back-to-back weeks, I believe Gus Edwards is going to pick up the lion's share. And he was close to topping off 100 yards last week, a touchdown. So he already performed against the Steelers. So I feel like the Indianapolis Colts should be a close, similar game, 80 yards, a touchdown for those owners that need running backs this week. Gentlemen, I just sent in all my waiver wires on both my, on all three of my leagues as we spoke, as, as we recorded. And that's the realest it gets on this show. You feel me? With that, I just want to let all the listeners know that we have a Facebook page, a Twitter, an Instagram. We need all the love and support. Go follow us at ISUP Fantasy Football. I'd like to thank all my co-hosts. I'd like to thank all of you guys for listening. And this is ISUP. That's a rap, 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 rap. This is Eyes Up Fantasy.